Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cinema Lounge, the official podcast of The Great Scope 2. I just realized I was looking into the uh, monitor and not the camera. Hello, welcome to Cinema Lounge, the official podcast of The Great Scope 2, the YouTube channel that we never touch. Uh, I'm Marshall, and today with me, as always, is just me. Uh, ben is busy today. Kind of a last-minute thing. It's a little goof up, but we are all good. We'll be back with you next week with our review of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, didn't want to leave you two weeks without an episode, so I'm back. Traditionally, uh, when I'm doing an episode by myself, I have ranked franchises. I've done the Marvel Universe. I've done the DC Universe. Uh, I probably need to update those. I haven't seen all of the movies up to date for those at the moment. I haven't seen Black Adam, but I've only seen half of Ant-Man. Not because I didn't like it, but because uh, Laura got food poisoning and we had to leave halfway through. Haven't gone back. So I was trying to think, what other franchises do I know well enough to rank? I should have done Mission Impossible. Man, that would have been better. Well, we're not doing Mission Impossible. We're doing Star Trek. So (laughs) this is something I used to be much more well-versed in and have gotten out of that world a bit more. I haven't seen most of the new TV show Discovery. I have watched all of um, New Strange New Worlds or whatever it is, Star Trek New Worlds. I don't remember. Um, it's very good. I like it quite a bit. It feels like classic Star Trek. It feels fun and and unique and sci-fi and like story-driven as opposed to just like what would be really cool and badass, uh, which is what Discovery kind of feels like and what Picard kind of feels like. I've heard the new season of Picard is very good, though, so I might have to uh, push myself through the slog of the first two seasons of that show. But, uh, yeah, we've got about a half hour. We've got a half hour recording limit on this camera here. I hope you like the quality. I brought one of the fancy cameras from work. And... um, we're going to rank all the Star Trek movies, starting with uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, often called Star Trek The No Motion Picture because it's very long and very boring. Uh, I don't remember who directed this one, but it's not very good. So I'm just going to uh, put that in number one because that's the one that we've talked about so far. Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yeah, Star Trek is known for being this series that has like bright colors, interesting characters, unique stories, like unique philosophical questions and stuff. And it gets compared to Star Wars a lot, which is just not fair because Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy and it's kind of dystopian. Whereas um, Star Trek is a utopia. So at least on Earth, they've created this utopia where they've cured disease and they've eliminated the need for money and all these different things like that long, long time ago. And there's all kinds of history in there, including like the eugenics wars and nuclear disasters and stuff like that, which is actually like the lore of the Star Trek universe is a lot more interesting than a lot of the stuff that we've seen on screen, unfortunately. Maybe they'll discuss some of that someday. Um, But a lot of the reason that Star Trek is so interesting is because of these interesting moral dilemmas and these colorful characters and stuff. And what Star Trek The Motion Picture does is just, like, doesn't do any of that. It takes this really cool, unique look that Star Trek created in this genre and just is like, what if it was all beige and, like, gray? What if that was what it was? Wouldn't that be cool? And what if it was, like, an extremely long movie about, like, the Voyager um, 
Satellite, I gotta rewatch them. It's been a very long time. But it's just William Shatner doing a lot of long monologues that are not very interesting. Uh, to something more interesting now, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, Wrath of Khan is very good. It, there's a joke that, you know, the red shirts always die, obviously because there's security, so they're the ones who are sent down, whatever. Um, and the other thing is that every other Star Trek movie is bad, particularly the odd-numbered ones. So this is the first example of that holding up, because Star Trek The Motion Picture, no good. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, yes. Very good. Following up on a classic episode, one of the best episodes of um, the original series, uh, Space Seed, where Ricardo Montalban is introduced as uh, Khan Nunyan Singh, I believe is his full name, who was part of the aforementioned eugenics wars, I believe. He was one of these like super soldiers that was created that was then like exiled from the earth or something like he was supposed to be some great leader of men, but ended up just being a war criminal and he's super strong. He's like Captain America, super soldier and they get rid of him in that episode. But then in this movie, he comes back and he wants revenge and there's all kinds of really interesting stuff with like uh, a new planet engine or like the way that they're able to sew a new planet and terraform and Kirk has a son, and I think Nurse Chapel is back in this, or maybe the, I can't remember, I don't think it's Nurse Chapel. Maybe this woman was supposed to be Nurse Chapel, but then that didn't happen. Again, it's been a long time since I watched these movies. This is what happens when I have to plan an episode at the last minute, is I talk about Star Trek. Sorry. Um, Barathicon is really good. There's a lot of monologues in this one too, but they're actually very good. Ricardo Montalban is over the top, and so is William Shatner but in the best way possible. And very famously, Spock dies at the end of this one. And it's a very, very beautiful scene where he like goes and sacrifices himself and they like do the Vulcan salute through the, uh, through the glass and Spock says, you have been and always will be my friend. And it's really, really sweet because it's just these guys who have always been like, not at odds with each other. That's more a McCoy thing. But like, they're pals, but it's never like outright stated like, well, you're my buddy. Like, and this is the one where you finally get that as he's dying. Uh, that human half of uh, Spock comes out and it's really nice. So we're going to go ahead and put that in number one. If I can figure out how to rearrange this on my phone. The Wrath of Khan is number one. Number two, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, third in line is The Search for Spock. This one's weird. This one, we're back in the odd numbers, which means it's not very good. Uh, this one has Christopher Lloyd of Back to the Future fame, Doc Brown, if you weren't, aren't aware, and he plays a Vulcan general or something. I don't remember. This one is, it's like a very direct sequel, if I remember right, to The Wrath of Khan, where it's still Kirk's son and they're on this new planet, New Genesis, that they created in the last movie. And basically it's about getting, we find out that Spock is not actually dead. I don't know if they like grow, how do they actually get Spock's physical body back? Because I remember what happens with his mind is that he's implanted his mind into McCoy. So you get these very funny scenes where, I should say spoilers for all of these movies, I guess. 
as if anyone's going to go back and watch the Star Trek movies. Um, you get these funny scenes where DeForest Kelly is playing Spock. Like, is McCoy with Spock's personality coming out? It's like really layered acting, and it's actually very entertaining and very funny. Um, there's some really good stuff in some of these movies. Like, I, man, Star Trek is better than it gets credit for, but it's still not a very good movie. I would, however, put it above Star Trek The Motion Picture. So we're going to put The Search for Spock in um, second place. The rankings are now number one, Wrath of Khan. Number two, Search for Spock. Number three, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Okay, now we're talking Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. I love this movie. I have a big soft spot for this movie. It's ridiculous and it's stupid, but it's so fun. It's very funny. I, in the, so I can't remember who directed this one. Let me look this up real quick. For some reason, I'm thinking it's Richard Lester, but I that can't be right. Um, the Voyage Home. Was it Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, Leonard Nimoy directed this one. So, The Voyage Home. These these Star Trek movies are interesting. These after at, starting at Wrath of Khan because they, they they very much follow up one after the other the same way that like the Rocky movies do. So we go from the motion picture, which is very much in its own crappy, boring world, and then the Wrath of Khan, where you've got the Red Admiral uniforms and everything like that. It's much more interesting, much more Navy um, than the original series ever was, and Navy as in the military. And then that one goes directly into the search for Spock. And this one then also goes pretty much directly from there into uh, the voyage home. And it's just so fun. You get this time travel thing, and the fish out of water stuff is always fun. They did that a lot in the original series and episodes, like a part, uh, piece of the action where they would be in a, a world that they were like trying really hard to fit in, but it didn't make sense. And it's just so entertaining watching these space characters, these future space people try to fit into, gosh, when did this come out? 1986 San Francisco? Yeah. And yeah, like, listen, the, 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 the plot is a little ridiculous. There's an alien probe that's going to destroy the Earth in the future, and the only way that they can stop it is by getting humpback whales, because they are the only things that can communicate with it. I don't know. I guess whales are aliens. They can't, I don't know. But it's very much like a save the whales kind of thing. Like they have to bring whales back from the future or from the past. And it's silly, but it's so funny. Like all of these super funny, hilarious moments. Can you tell me where the naval base is in Alamit? We're looking for nuke. Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels. How do you propose to solve this minor problem? Simple logic will suffice. I believe I shall begin by making use of this map. I have the distance and bearing which were provided by Commander Uhura. If we juxtapose our coordinates, we should be able to find our destination, which lies at 283.7 degrees... I think we'll find what we're looking for at the Station Institute in Sausalito. A pair of humpback whales named George and Gracie. How do you know this? Simple logic. You uh, realize, of course, if we give him the formula, we're altering the future. Why? How do we know he didn't invent the thing? 
What's the matter with you? Kidney dialysis. Dialysis? My God, what is this, the Dark Ages? Here. Now you swallow that. And if you have any problems, just call me. Fully functional. It's like there's so many like silly moments where like they might have changed the course of history here and created a separate timeline if we're really thinking about it. Um, but it's very, very entertaining. Man, it's so close between that and Wrath of Khan, but I'm going to put the Voyage Home at number two. Um, because the Wrath of Khan, I think, is a better movie overall. The, I, I really love the Voyage Home, but it definitely does not hold up the same way as a movie that I think the the Wrath of Khan does as a science fiction piece of history. Make sure everything's recording. Yep, we're still good. Oh, fun fact, I've got my... Um, I'm recording this on this computer instead of on my laptop, so I can do fun stuff like this. <laughs> Ready? I got my soundboard. Pretty good. I got a lot of sounds. What else do I have? Oh, if people think I'm doing a really good job. Thank you. But, oh, I don't know how to stop it. There's not a stop button. It's just going to keep going until it stops. This, oh no. Is it ending? Nope, it just got louder again somehow. Thank you. Oh, jeez. Thank you for the applause. Still going. Okay, it just ended. But you know that. Okay, so, back to the rankings. We are now on the final frontier. This is where Star Trek, the original movies, get a little goofy. And they've all been goofy, but, like, not very good anymore. The Final Frontier and the Undiscovered Country. These I, I mix up. In one of them... You know what? One of them, I straight up don't remember what it is. And the other one, all I know about it is that they go and find God or something. And Captain Kirk has an argument with God. This could it carry my wisdom beyond the barrier? It could, yes! Then I shall make use of this starship. It will be your chariot! Excuse me. It will carry my power to every corner of creation. Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question. What does God need with a starship? Bring the ship closer. I said... What does God need with a starship? Jim, what are you doing? I'm asking you a question. It's not God, but it's like a creature or being that is passing itself off as God, which is not something the series has... I mean, they've already done that in the TV show. They've done that with the Greek gods, which is an interesting episode, kind of a Maxie's use Batman kind of thing. But I don't know. The only thing I remember, I think it's... The Final Frontier is the one where they go and are finding some kind of god creature and then like Uhura does some weird dance. I think these ones are both directed by Shatner and that's the bad news. 
Um, let me just look them up real quick so I can make sure I've got it right. I got 10 minutes. Oh, no. Um, the final frontier. Captain Kirk and his crew must deal with Mr. Spock's long-lost half-brother... Oh, I forgot about, uh, Cybok. Yeah. Who hijacks the Enter... Hijacks. Hijacks the Enterprise for an obsessive search for God at the center of the galaxy. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Um, and then what is Undiscovered Country? Is this one also directed by Shatner? Oh, this one's directed by Nicholas Meyer. Um, on the eve of retirement, Kirk and McCoy are charged with assassinating the Klingon High Chancellor and imprisoned. The Enterprise crew must help them escape to thwart a conspiracy aimed at sabotaging the last best hope for peace. Okay, so that one is the one where Uhura does the dance. I I remember this one being better because they're like looking back on their life and everything, their lives. But I don't know. I'm going to put... Hmm... I'm going to put Final Frontier in four. Or I think I'd put it, I think I'm putting it in three. I think I'd rather watch it than Search for Spock. Which is something that I didn't think I'd hear myself say. Final Frontier. I didn't think I'd be doing any of this today. Final Frontier, and then I'll put, I'll put Undiscovered Country below Search for Spock. Okay, we got to pick up the pace. Um, this one should be easier. I remember them better. Star Trek Generations. I like this one quite a bit. I don't think it gets enough credit for doing what it did, bridging the two series. Uh, this is the first one, the first movie starring the Next Generation crew. I don't, I believe this was after the Next Generation had ended, the TV show. But I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, a lot of these movies were directed by Jonathan Frakes. Let me see what, if he did this one. Um... Generations. Star Trek Generations. So basically there's like... Oh, David Carson. I don't know who that is. Um, he's done... Nothing else. So... Basically the plot is that um, there's a deranged scientist played by Malcolm McDowell who is trying to like get into this like heaven zone, basically. It's like this world where everything's perfect, but it's not real and or like another dimension or something where we find out eventually that Captain Kirk has been stuck there for a long time. And we find that out when uh, we thought that he had died, but then Picard ends up going into this place and finds Captain Kirk. And they fight, they work together and fight their way out of there and they fight Malcolm McDowell and they win. I really like it and I like the way that it gives Kirk a really good send off I just think it's really satisfying of an ending for him. And I think it's a good beginning for the movies for this crew. So I am going to put that. I think I'm going to put it in number two. Star Trek Generations. Um, get it? Because the next generation. Okay, first contact. This movie's freaking sick. This movie's so good. It's number one. It's number one. Star Trek First Contact. Um, this one's directed by Jonathan Frakes. So, 
Star Trek First Contact is so good, the filmmaking is so good, the acting is so good, the soundtrack is so good, the writing is so good, the directing is so good, this might be the best one. I don't think anything's going to top it. I love a lot of the new movies as well, but man, this movie's so good. And it's just perfect for the original series, not the original series, the Next Generation characters, because it follows up on all the Borg stuff that they were involved in. And like, man, it is just great. And if you're going to watch one Star Trek movie, maybe watch this one. Like, watch a, a summary of what happened with the Borg, with Picard and the Next Generation, and then watch this movie, because it is so cool. I don't know how it would play for someone who's never seen any of them before but I think it's really good. I might watch one of these movies tonight. I love Star Trek. Um, gotta keep moving. Star Trek Insurrection. Ooh, what the heck is Insurrection about? Star Trek Insurrection. Um... Ba -ba 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 Okay, so there is a... So, they, yeah, they come across some planet. This one's not very good. I'm going to put that in... I'm going to put that in fifth, below Voyage Home. Um, insurrection. So this one, they there's like some planet that these people are basically immortal because of the planet, and the, the Federation is doing some shady business and like trying to get whatever resources make it so they live forever and it's like Picard goes rogue or something and it's fine and I wish it was better but like I think people also start to go a little crazy if I remember right like people uh, no they act a little jovial like there's these funny scenes of Worf being like super happy and to go lucky and everyone's like what is going on right now um but yeah it's not very good uh, mm, Star Trek Nemesis is we have a clone played by Tom Hardy of uh, Patrick Stewart of Picard. And I don't remember why that happens, and it's not very good. So I'm going to put Star Trek Nemesis below Insurrection, maybe. Yeah. Feels wrong, but I'm going to do it. I don't have time to think. Um, Star Trek. Okay, we're into the new stuff. So that was the last of the original movies. We're into the new stuff. We have Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and Star Trek Beyond. Here's what I'm going to do. I love these movies quite a bit. I love two of them quite a bit. One of them is not very good, in my opinion. I like Star Trek 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. I think it is a very good successor to what came before it. It does a really clever thing where, because it's science fiction, they don't have to do a straight reboot. They can do this alternate timeline thing like they do in this movie. And I think it works really well. It was Chris Hemsworth's first role ever. He plays uh, Captain Kirk's father in like one sequence at the very beginning of the movie. We gotta crack my neck. Woo! I like it a lot. Um, it's, it's, I think it's gonna go, I think it's going in number four, Star Trek 2009. Yeah, and then I'm gonna put Star Trek Beyond I'm going to put Star Trek Beyond right below it. Beyond is really good. It feels like a return to form after Into Darkness, which is not very good. Into Darkness, I'm going to put um, right below Nemesis into Darkness. 
So just to talk about those briefly, Into Darkness is just disappointing to me. They do, they just bring Khan back in the most boring way. It's not very interesting. They try to do like an espionage thing and it just doesn't work. They try to do a big reveal with Khan, but the way they play it is so weird because it's like, if you're a Star Trek fan, it's obvious that this guy is Khan. And if you're not a Star Trek fan, you have no idea who Khan is. So you're watching the movie and he has this big moment where he goes, John Harrison was a fiction created the moment I was awoken by your Admiral Marcus to help him advance his cause. A smokescreen to conceal my true identity. My name is Khan. And it's like, if you're a Star Trek fan, you're like, yeah, I know. That Why'd you say it like that? That was a weird thing to do. Obviously, you're Khan. We get it. And if you are not a Star Trek fan, you're like, okay. Why'd you say it like that? Like, okay, I guess that's your name. Who cares? It's a weird line reading either way. But it just doesn't, it just seems like a weird choice and it doesn't make sense to me. And like, they were so adamant beforehand. They were like, it's not Khan. It's not Khan. His name is like John Smith or something. It's not Khan. It's like, yes, it is. We know it is. The same way that we knew Gordon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Robin in the Batman, the Dark Knight Rises movie. It's like, just, just give up the game. Okay, JJ. J.J. Abrams is really good at starting something and terrible at finishing it. Look at Lost. Look at Star Wars. It's unfortunate. And I just wish that they would do more of these movies because what they did next was so good with Star Trek Beyond is that amazingly they got Justin Lim who is like he did Aquaman and the Fast and Furious movies and some horror stuff. Like how is this man making the best modern Star Trek movie? I don't get it. Uh, I'm happy about it, but I don't understand how it happened. Um, it's very good. You get all these characters. Like, it seems like the actors have all figured out, like, exactly how to play these characters. Like, they know what they're doing. They know, like, they've figured out the way that these guys tick and what makes them work and everything. And it's really interesting. And you get that kind of, like, undiscovered country thing where they're uh, on... Like, Kirk is doing a lot of reflecting of, like, I'm older than my... It's like, I think it's his birthday, and it's the birthday that his father died. Or, like, he's older than his father was when he died at that point. And you just get these cool character moments that are what Star Trek is all about. But you also get really fun action. And the action doesn't overshadow everything else. And I think that's the thing you have to think about with Star Trek, is they're not action movies. They're science fiction. They're not science fiction fantasy like Star Wars is. It's a completely different genre. And if you think of them in the same way, it's just not going to work. They, they're they so different. And Star Trek has to be thinky. That's the reason it works. And I think that's the reason this movie works is because it leans back into that. You get great stuff with Bones, uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt? Heath, no. Carl, Carl Urban is masterfully cast. All of the people in those movies are so well cast, but Carl Urban is perfect as Hank McCoy. Hank McCoy? That's X-Men. I don't remember his... Is it Hank? Is it also Hank? I don't know. Dr. McCoy. And... Man, I just want more. There were so many rumors of continuing those movies for a long time, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but... Man, do I hope it does. Um, I'd love to see more from those people. 
we'll see what happens with there's already a, a new Captain Kirk on Star Trek Strange New Worlds or Strange Worlds whatever it's called so if there's anything Star Trek that you should watch it's that show the original series the next generation and then that show they're very good and I love them dearly the camera's about to run out of uh, recording power so I'm gonna just do my outro that was the that was the the stuff it was um Number 13, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Number 12, Undiscovered Country. 11, Search for Spock. 10, The Final Frontier. 9, Into Darkness. 8, Star Trek Nemesis. 7, Insurrection. 6, Voyage Home. 5, Star Trek Beyond. 4, Star Trek 2009. 3, Star Trek Generations. 2, The Wrath of Khan. And number 1, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, that's been my ranking of all the Star Trek movies, not counting animated stuff and not counting the TV series. I thank you all for watching, for listening uh, to this bizarre episode. Maybe next time I'll talk about something more accessible like Mission Impossible. You can check out the social medias wherever they are. They're in the description. Check those out. The Discord. Sorry, we've been out for a week. Uh, It's been a weird few weeks for Marshall. And we're going to get back into it. So thanks everyone for listening, for watching. And I will check you out on the next time. I have been, as always, Marshall.